mama? to another episode of Go Ask Your Mom. <laughs> it's Tiffany and Alicia. Yep. And um, today we're going to talk about Alicia's story. Woo. <laughs> but before then, um, just going to talk about some things that happened this week and mm. talk about some of the comments that you guys made on the last podcast. And, and yeah, so... Uh, you guys get to hear... Tink eat. And yeah, <gasps> we might even get lucky enough to hear our Dotson eat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Last week we um we struggled so hard to sleep. Mm -hmm. So you guys know that we were sick a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, and we were on this steroid and it messed with our sleep yeah but we didn't think about that no we had no idea and so we were like what we're like talking to my mother-in-law we're like oh my gosh we cannot sleep like <laughs> we're trying so hard and it was like sunday night yeah but, and so i had to get up to go to work and me, i couldn't sleep at all like me too i also work do you <laughs> a little bit <laughs> I'm just a little bit no but i tend to get up earlier usually yeah, um, but that wasn't the, the initial plan. Regardless, I could not sleep at all. And so we're talking to my mother-in-law about it, and all of a sudden she was like, but aren't you on a steroid? And we're like, oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We Weird just, how that works. We just thought we were losing it. So there were many nights last night that neither one of us slept. Last night? No. There were many, many <laughs> nights last night. Many yeah. nights in one night. Sometimes it feels so that it way. It felt like that because I was awake. <laughs> many nights last week that one of us wasn't asleep. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. Yeah. And and like I even, one night last week I took a sleep aid at midnight. Terrible choice. <laughs> I was like, yes, yeah, this, is, this is good. And then <laughs> the alarm went off in the morning. It was like, bah. You know? Yeah. Mm. Your alarm went off on Monday. Oh, gosh. Okay, so I told one of my managers that I wasn't going to talk about work on this podcast, but here I am. Um, <laughs> just for a hot second. No. So for my job, I'm on call all the time. Um, and so I always set my alarm for 440 in the morning, even when it's supposed to be an office day, to make sure that nobody has called in. If they do, usually I have to go in um, or at least try to figure out. Who's going to cover that? Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, had set my alarm. And like I said, I hadn't slept at all that night. So I was just hoping and praying that nobody had called in. And at that point, nobody had. Um, but then by 7.20, I had some missed calls. Um, and my counterpart ended up having to go to the doctor. Like last minute, obviously. Guys, when I tell you that my Monday started with tears, that is 100% accurate. Uh, it was sobbing. She was sobbing. I was just <clears throat> so tired. And right now at work, and I'm sure everybody else is experiencing this too at work, with COVID and, you know, CDC has kind of made it easier where it's only a five-day quarantine now and stuff like that. But it still just feels like a constant, like, 
battle, right? Like, oh, hey, I'm having symptoms. Oh, hey, whatever. Um, and so... And there's I'm, already a staffing shortage sure. just across the yeah. nation. Yeah, and, and my job when when I'm having to be on route and stuff like that is super physical. And so I was just, I was exhausted from not sleeping, from not sleeping. And then I was like, crap, I have to go out on route and do this. And so, um, yeah, my Monday was (laughs) the Mondayest Monday. And on top of that, on Sunday this week, on Sunday this week, we, um, we, Okay, hang on. On Monday nights, we're in a bowling league. That's right. In case you were wondering, we're in a bowling league. Um, and we had missed because we were sick. And mm-hmm. then and then um, my parents were sick. My sister was sick. We were all sick. So uh, we had two different weeks to make up. We bowled three games every week. So we had six games to make up. And we were like, we'll just make them all up on Sunday before we go to work. Knock them out. Knock them out. So we were there. Because, guys, we are professional. Professional bowlers. We're terrible. So, but we do have our own shoes and balls. It's mostly just for for to fool people into thinking <laughs> that we can bowl. But we are we are consistently inconsistent yeah. with our bowling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did I did bowl a one ninety one. You did. You had two one ninety games. You I had did one ninety and one ninety one. You did good. And uh, and then equally, I bowled a one twenty. So <laughs> consistently inconsistent. But we were like, on Sunday, we'll just bowl six straight games, mm-hmm. guys. It'll be good. We'll knock them all out. Let me tell you, two games in, we were all recovering from being sick. <laughs> we were like, I can't. I can't even bowl another game. We had to bowl three. Like there was. There's no. We can't just bowl part of your missed games. So. Um, we had to bowl at least three, and by the third one, it took us like two hours. I was going to say, yeah. It was, took forever. On top of just being worn out, it took us too long. <laughs> and my poor sister was like, somebody's going to have to kill me if we're going to do another <laughs> game. So anyway, needs to say, we did bowl three, mm-hmm. um, and then and then all of the not sleeping, and then the working, and then the sobbing. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it was a mess. Um, also, guys, at lunch today, I just want to shout out to the fact that our kids still say words incorrectly, mm-hmm. and I love it. I absolutely refuse to fix it. Phoenix has, like, just, just a, couple. a couple words. She says, oh, so? Instead of also, she says, oh, so. Even though our five-year-old very... says also correctly. <laughs> right, but she's eight. She says, oh, so, and we will not tell her no. that it's also. Um, also, she also says, soup case. Instead of suitcase. So all your cans of soup. <laughs> I'm not really sure why. But in her defense, she doesn't put suits in there either. Yeah. I but. feel like there was one other one that she still says. But I don't remember right Stay now. tuned. We might yeah. we might think of that one later. Yeah. But um, but my favorite came today when Maddox was talking about Alicia and I in true lesbian fashion. We're both wearing um, flannel mm-hmm. shirts today. Mm-hmm. Um, and at lunch, Maddox said... Um, she said, uh, she, oh yeah, she was like, she was like, ah, she just like noticed it. And she was like, ah, look at your chattered shirts. Yeah. You're both, we were both wearing You're chattered both wearing shirts. chattered shirts today. It was like, yes, we are wearing chattered shirts. <laughs> so flannel, if you didn't know, is also, or also called. Also. Chattered. I think she was probably going for checkered. <laughs> that makes sense. But I like chatter. Chatter is better. So, get your chattered shirts on. It's gonna be a cold one this week. <laughs> mm. Okay, let's let's mm. dive in. All right. To Alicia's story. Settle in, friends. It's one of 
one of your more uh, heartbreaking, I think. And um, a lot of religious um, situations and familial yeah. ones as well. But but we're ready. Yeah, so like she said, go ahead and settle in. It's going to be a long one. <laughs> um, but you know what? We just decided that when it comes to important stories and um, sharing things like this, we're not going to worry about time. Either either it hits home and you guys want to listen um, or it doesn't and, and you don't. But we're not going to cut it short. Um, we're just going to take our time and and be transparent and honest um, and real with you guys. So, uh, like Tiffany said, my story um, is very different from hers. Not that it takes away from hers, you know, in any way, form or fashion, but, um, you know, I um, was raised super conservative Christian. Um, started, you know, I was raised in the Church of Christ um, and then went to a non-denominational church, but, um, so my story has a, has a lot of religious trauma, um, a lot of religious pressure, and then, like she said, familial pressure as well. Um, I also want to preface this episode by saying I love my family so dearly, and I have great relationships with, with all of my family. Mm-hmm. Um, as do I. I yeah, have great relationships with all of her yeah, family. Yeah, we as, well. as a couple have have a great relationship with with my whole family. But um, growth is a thing that happens, and it definitely happened for for your family and and for us, and and we have beautiful relationships with everybody. Yeah, and we'll dive into that. But um, it wasn't always that way, <laughs> uh, um, and so I am going to. Like I said, I'm just going to be very transparent about some of the things that I heard growing up. Um, Some of the things that kind of struck fear in me. And I'm going to go through a lot of my past relationships. And the reason for that is just to explain um, kind of a pattern in me as a child. So that hopefully as parents, um, you know, we can be more aware of patterns within our children. Um, and kind of be on guard for our children in that way. Um, but like I said, I just wanted to preface it saying I have a lot of grace for my family. My family has grown a lot. Um, and, and, and we have such a fantastic relationship and I love each and every one of them. Um, but it has definitely been a journey for all of us. And so, and I think it's important to note too before you talk about all this religious trauma, that you have a beautiful relationship with God. Yes, absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so a lot like Tiffany, um, I knew at a super young age that I was gay. Um, for me, it started in the second grade. And I uh, remember specifically going to a field trip. And on the way back... I was sitting in between two of my friends who ended up falling asleep on both of my shoulders. And I remember sitting there and being like, this is nice. <laughs> you know, like, you did. I could get used to this, <laughs> you know? Um, and 
Then I started having a dream about kissing a girl. In the second grade? The second grade. Wow. And I remember, I like actually remember the dream, which is, <laughs> it, I mean, because it, it was kind of scarring at that age, like, because I was so scared. Um, but I remember it had haunted me all day at school. Um, and I got home to my grandma, um, God rest her soul, and I told her about it. And I remember crying hysterically. Um, that's going to be a pattern in the story, guys, crying hysterically. Um, and I, I was like, Grandma, what if I like girls? And, you know, my grandma, she was like, well, you don't. <laughs> you know, you, you like boys. And I was like, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. I do. Um, and that was kind of the end of it. You know, it was just super light and, like, we kind of shrugged it off. Oh, yeah, you were, like, what, seven or eight? Yeah, I was a little... Um, but shortly after that, probably by the time I was uh, ten or so, nine or ten, um, there was an older woman at church who had kids of her own and was married. Um, and I kind of latched onto this person whose husband wasn't always at church. And I took notice of that. And um, I kind of looked up to her in a way. She could sing really well. And um, I just thought she was really pretty. And so I started hanging out with her. Or I guess hanging around her would be a more appropriate phrasing of that. Um, but we kind of struck up what to me seemed like a friendship. I'm sure to her, you know, it was more of a mentorship type thing. Yeah. Um, but it was not looking back now, I am able to say that it wasn't appropriate. You know, um, I would hold her hand in the car and, and this was a, a, like a woman, a grown woman. Yeah. Who was married. Yeah. With kids. Yes. And I would like play with her hair during communion, like sit behind her and like mess with her hair. I specifically remember one time during communion doing this and bowed my head to pray <laughs> like after messing with her hair or whatever. And when I opened my eyes, my father was sitting next to me and I immediately, you know, like was like dead and my soul left my body is what I mean. <laughs> and he was like leaned over and he was like, what is communion for? And I was like thinking about the Lord and the sacrifice he made for us. And he was like, that's right. Not playing with people's hair. And then we bowed our heads to pray again. And when I opened my eyes, he was gone. And I was like, like a ninja in the ninja night. Ninja in the night. Um, and so I was obviously terrified, like, that he had noticed that I, instinctively, I was like, oh, my gosh, he probably knows that, like, I have feelings for this person. Without knowing what those were, I was too young to really recognize that that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I wanted to take care of this person. Which is also strange, uh, that young, but that's how it was. You got a pretty good hero complex. Yeah, yeah. Therapists have told me that now. Good, because I'm I'm psycho. (laughs) Buckle in, babe. Um, I'll rescue you, honey. Thanks, honey. Anyways, um, and so there was one Valentine's Day where I had gotten her a bouquet of flowers. Seems appropriate. Yeah. With your I went to her piggy bank. I went to her work. 
and presented them to her. And that's the day that she told me the things that we talk about and the things that we do are things that boyfriend and girlfriend should be doing. And essentially felt like she was breaking up with me. You know what I mean? Because she was like, we can't do that anymore. And I was crying, but I think it was more so like I was so embarrassed that she had caught on to the fact that I had a crush on her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I was so scared, and I was embarrassed, and I was like, <clears throat> I can't believe that that she knows. And that it wasn't reciprocated, of course. I was like, bummer. Well, I think you know? that... I mean, I think, I think that it, that as any parent mm-hmm. can say, you can, you can see your child and they're, they're telling you one thing and you know what's really going on. Mm-hmm. I think she probably, I don't know what's going on for a long time. She was holding your hand in the car. Yeah. And I called her every day at work. You called her every I day? I called her at her work every Just single day. Every moment. morning. Every Perfect. morning. Perfect. Yeah. So. And anyway. then she broke up with you. How thoughtful. Yeah. Anyway, not really. I'm sure it was like, there are three sides to every story, right? <laughs> right, sure. So, sure. So who knows how it looked and felt for her, but this is just my story. So, right, this is going to be my point of view. So um, after that, I started this group called Arkansas Kids. And we were the cool kids. We've said that. We were the cool kids. But um, this beautiful blonde, you know, 14-year-old bounced up to me and was like, I'm Tiffany. And I was like. Did I talk like that? Yeah. And I was like, wowza. (laughs) She said wowza. (laughs) Um, She was the heart emoji eyes. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) So anyway, you and I got close, like friends. Yeah. And I, of course... You're going to see a pattern in my story where I kind of uh, latch on to one specific person and then I literally am like a shadow. So, um, I was that with you? Barnacle. Yeah. Wow. What a cute one. That was no. offensive. <laughs> Not barnacle. Hey, that was so offensive. <laughs> okay, anyway. <laughs> Hang on. PSA. Don't call your wife a barnacle. <laughs> Please don't. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I followed you around and was super annoying no, you were not. You were cute. I was a barnacle, babe. Not. I was choking You're right now. You're gonna pay for that one okay. forever. Anyways, mm. um, and one night you stayed the night. Now I knew that I had feelings for you, but I was terrified. Um, but you stayed the night, and you ended up coming out to me. I did. I remember. Yeah. So you were fourteen. I was ten. Oh no! At this time, was old. Was at this old. time, I was eleven. You were fifteen. And you came out to me that night, and I took it in stride. I was like, "Okay, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, that's okay. I'm, I'm here for you. You know, you can mm-hmm. tell me it's fine." Um, and anyway, you went home the next day, and I immediately cried to my mom. Immediately, mm-hmm. because I was scared for your soul. Like I was so afraid. That you were going to go to hell. Oh, baby. And not only that, I was scared of my own feelings for you. Yeah. And so when I told my mom, I was kind of testing the waters a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. how, how you is... Came out, you came out for me. Yeah, how is she? Uh. Yeah, that, wasn't, that wasn't cool. I'm sorry about that, babe. Well, that's okay. Your barnacle wife. Anyways, <laughs> and so... 
Um, Note to self, send flowers to my wife. So I, you know, cried to my mom and my mom was like, oh, you know, it's probably a phase for her. (laughs) Yeah. Joke's on you, ma. (laughs) Uh, Anyways, and that was kind of the end of it. But um, I think my mom, I know now that my mom knew that I had feelings for you and, you know, that was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like kiss Tiffany on the cheek and stuff like that when I was leaving cast parties and stuff. <laughs> and she'd be like, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, have a great night. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, let's not talk about that. So <laughs> that's not relevant to the story. Um, but that's actually the point in time when conversations with my grandma started happening, like in-depth conversations. Um, now my grandma has, um, has a brother that's gay. And so I would kind of use him as, um, a way to, to bring it up without outing myself. I'd be like, I'm just so worried for him. And what do you think about this? And what does God think about this? And, you know, we would really kind of start diving into those conversations as much as you could at that age. Um, But, you know, after Tiffany went off to college, I kind of found the next person. This this sounds so bad, but um, to latch on to. Here's here's where I'm going to interject. If your kid shows, um, like, an obsessive personality like that, where they are so infatuated with one person, right? Because you can see that in your kid. And I know that that's the only person that I talked about. And as smooth as I thought that I was, I know that I wasn't. And so if your kid shows that type of personality, just lean into who they're hanging out with. Like, I don't know, pay attention and have conversations with them and help kind of protect their heart. Um, because it's not something that they can necessarily help. Um, for me, I was just so lost and so confused and scared. But at the same time, I was like trying to figure out who I was while also trying to take care of people. And I know that that sounds weird, but even as a kid, I just wanted to take care of people. Y'all, I'm going to cry. <laughs> anyway, so after <laughs> after Tiffany... Thanks, babe. You were my gay awakening. Sorry. Um, there, you know, I was now in a non-denominational church, and there was an, um, another older woman who was married with kids huh. um, who... Who um, I started to cling to. Um, Got super close. I started going to her D group. Um, Anyway, and that uh, friendship, relationship never crossed any physical boundaries at all. Um, But emotionally, I would say that it was was very much like a relationship. Um, You know, I called her every day. I texted her every day. Um, 
seriously, we talked every day on the way from, like, the school to the gym for basketball practice. Every single day I'd call her. Um, and at church camp, I was always with this person. And um, any church getaways, mission trips, whatever, I was always with this person. And uh, we were really good friends. But it was definitely, like I said, emo- emotional. Um, while I had this kind of emotional relationship with this person, um, I met a 21-year-old at church camp who... How old were you? I was 15. Still a child. Okay. Who, um, you know, she, on the weekends in between camps for the week, she was having to stay on, on the grounds with her family, and she was the only kid. She wasn't a kid. I'm just saying. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so I offered for her to uh, spend the weekend at my house um, so that she wasn't alone. And so she did. And that weekend, her and I were very physically affectionate. Like, I remember in my living room, her, like, laying in my lap, and I would, like, lay in her lap. And at one point, my mom told me that my dad was like, what are you doing? what's happening well um but you know some girls are affectionate with their friends like innocently for real i wouldn't know stop it uninnocently oh my gosh (laughs) okay regardless (laughs) um and so you know we got super close to the point where over the next couple weeks I was, um, like a counselor in training or whatever, um, for the little kid camps and her and I ended up kissing. Like that was my first kiss at church camp guys with a girl. Yeah. Um, and I would consider this person probably my first relationship, like my first girlfriend. Um, all the while this woman that I had this emotional relationship with. This married woman with children. Knew that something was going on, right? And I remember her asking me, like, what what happened with her? She asked you? Yeah. And I remember just crying and telling her that I had kissed her. And it felt like, like, I felt like I had been cheating on this woman. You know what I mean? Like, that's how this woman kind of presented it to me. Like, she, she was super upset with me. And at this point, she goes and gets this letter that she had hidden... From her family. That my mom, by the way, ended up finding years later. (laughs) Basically, I specifically remember one line that said, I guess that I wasn't ready to be replaced. I honestly don't know that I ever would have been ready. So, so unlike the, (coughs) hang on. Unlike the first relationship with a married woman, this one seems reciprocal. Emotionally, I believe, yeah. Mm. Probably. Not you believe. There was a love letter. My mom did find it, yeah. Yeah. Like, years later. Um, So, I, of course, told her that me and this other girl had stopped talking. um, But then... The girlfriend. The girlfriend. Yeah. But then at one point, my mom had picked me up from a practice. And she was like, is there anything you want to tell me? And I was like, No. What are you talking about? And she was like, I'm going to give you the opportunity to tell me. And I was like, huh? (laughs) Anyway, I ended up telling her that I had kissed this girl at church camp. 
But I also told her that all communication with this person had stopped, which was absolutely a lie. Sorry, Mom, but you kind of knew anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, she found out later. But I also found out that the only reason my mother knew this was because of this woman. The emotional connection woman. Yes. The who, love letter woman. Yeah. Who ended up telling my mom. My mom ended up looking at our phone records and seeing this number that I had been texting and calling every day. So she outed you to your mom. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, at that point I had changed this girl's name in my phone. Because you were closeted. So that if I was texting her, my mom wouldn't know. But one night she ended up calling me while I was showing my mom something on my phone and her picture popped up. Wow. Rookie mistake. And when I say my soul left my body, again, again, that's what happened. And I remember being in my room and my mom coming in and telling me to send a text that said, my parents know I can't talk to you anymore. I sent the text. My mom's asking me these questions and I just remember breaking down and saying, what do you want to know, mom, that I think I'm in love with a girl? And just feeling so ashamed and scared. And to be completely honest, I don't remember how that conversation with my mom went. I, I don't. Do you, sorry. No, go ahead. What? Do you think that... <clears throat> do you think she told you to end this relationship with this girl because... She was a girl or because she was an adult? Well, I think it's because she was an adult. I, I mean, so. I think it was also because she was a girl. But because I would hope that the conversation would have gone a little differently if it was somebody your own age. Maybe. But I do specifically <clears throat> remember my dad coming into my room that night and giving me a hug and telling me that everybody makes mistakes. And that it's okay. And I think that this is where comments from my dad started happening Hmm. now when I say that I was raised conservative Christian um yeah I mean church of Christ black and white very uh legalistic in a way um not that not you know not that there's anything wrong with the church of Christ please don't come for me but um (laughs) um but yeah I mean from this point on I think comments flew a little bit more regularly than they had you know any time that there was a gay person on tv or anything like that um my dad would say and make it very known that homosexuals were an abomination um that I mean, I remember him saying things like, um, you know, all gays need to be taken to an island and shot. I remember him um, saying things like, no, you know, gay person should be left alive. Um, And I remember him, you know... Saying that God turned a deaf ear to homosexuals. That he didn't hear their prayers. Um, And a slew of other things. And I mean it was any time that... Like I said, it was on TV. Or something was mentioned on the radio. Or anything of that sort. He just made it very well known that... 
homosexuals wouldn't inherit the kingdom. Sorry. And that, um, you know, God hates them, basically. So, um, anyway, I, I would say from that point on is probably when I started hearing comments like that from my dad. So, of course I did not come out. <laughs> um, of course I was like a super changed person and the church found, the church I was going to and was super involved in found out about this relationship with this girl. Um, <clears throat> and so I wasn't allowed to serve on the worship team for however long until I proved that I was fixed, I guess. Fixed. <laughs> yeah. Fixed. Yeah. Um, and you know, any, it's basically when the rumors at this church also started about me and basically my reputation was tanked and that I was, you know, a homewrecker because I think that after that happened, um, they kind of put two and two together about this, this woman that I was having an emotional relationship with. Um, and so that person stopped hanging out with me and things were very different at the church moving forward. So, um, fast forward to 17 <laughs> and I'm still very closeted. I've, I have boyfriends in between all these girlfriends, of course, because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to play the part and I'm trying to force myself to be straight to the point where I was even like, you know what? I could get married in order to have kids. Been there. I mean, yeah. Like, and I think that that's important because that's not going to fix you. You're still gay, you know? <laughs> like, um, Been there. Yeah. <laughs> so... Anyway, but um, I then found, you know, this next person who I wanted to um, not fix, but take care of. Right. Um, so, and I don't, I don't want to say too much because I don't want to out anybody or give anything away. But um, this relationship was um, ended up being physical and an actual long-term relationship. And this person was older than you. Yes. By 14 years. So, um, I met this person and, um, and, and guys, I also want to put out there that I did a lot of pursuing. Now, do I think that when I was really young, like, you know, 10, 15, whatever, I knew what I was doing? No, I don't think I did. Um, but looking back now, I can definitely say that I, I pursued these women. And, and I actively tried to take care of them and feed to an emotional part of them that maybe wasn't being taken care of. Or at least not being taken care of well or fully. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that I knew that just from being a woman. And so um, I pursued this, this woman and... Um, Anyway, we ended up having a relationship, a very, very closeted relationship. And <clears throat> we did wait till I was 18 until anything physical happened. Wow. <laughs> How gracious. Okay. Anyway. To not break the law. Okay. Anyways. She's, <laughs> she's not bitter, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, 
Uh, but from that point on, we were in a legitimate relationship. She um, was around my family all the time. And um, yeah, I mean, we were together all the time. Um, it was super toxic and, um, I was really scared because I was like, because it, it, it was serious, you know? Yeah. Um, anyway, we ended up breaking up, um, but at the same time, like around the same time, um, one of my best friends from high school had a similar situation mm-hmm. and the church found out about hers and we were going to spring break on a mission trip so I used to do that every single year and me and this other girl who I hadn't talked to in a long time because I had alienated that yeah, friendship the there, was, there was a falling out right um <clears throat> so the church put me and this person in a vehicle with an older couple while all the other college-age girls and college-age boys got to ride in their own vans. But they didn't let you ride in this. No. And so, me and her talked for the first time in probably six months. And we were like, what the heck, basically. You know, we knew what it was. We knew what had happened. And so, as soon as we got there, I confronted the person in charge of of the mission trip. And I basically was like, you know, as a 18-year-old, 19-year-old, like, hey, what's going on? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, some of the parents didn't feel comfortable with you guys riding in the car with their kids. And, and you guys are best friends, so we didn't think it would be a big deal. I said, if you knew, we hadn't talked to each other in about six months. I was like, we're good now. And I basically proceeded to tell him that I hoped his daughters never made any sort of mistakes because this is how the church was going to treat him. Anyway, so needless to say, before um, sticking up for a child, they alienated us and immediately made us feel like we were on the outs. Um, Super judged and super alone. Um... Now, I'm going to try really hard not to spin off to any separate religious <laughs> trauma conversations because I could talk about my religious trauma on a whole episode if, if people are interested in that. Yeah. But if you're not, we won't. Um, but there are there is a lot that I could say. Um, anyway, after this interaction, I had my first girlfriend who isn't from another town um, in college. And the only reason I bring this one up is because... This was a time in my life when I was a little bit free. Like, I was away from my family and I was away from my hometown. Mm-hmm. So, I felt like I could hold her hand in the car. Yeah. And it wasn't a big deal if somebody saw. Not for me. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were still very closeted, but it was a little bit more like I was just away from the people that would tell on me or the people that would judge me. And so, I felt better about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, And so... That relationship, it was super important. It just made me feel like, okay, this this might could happen. Like a little, a little safer. Yeah, but I felt like, oh, I'm going to have to move away for that to happen. But I, I could do that. Okay. You know what I mean? Like All that's right, That's okay. kind of what that did for me. Um, and then 
we ended up breaking up. I actually ended up going back with that ex that was a lot older than me. Um, One of the many. And at this point, I ended up coming out to my cousin, Rachel, and her husband, Noel. And they were the first people that I told. And I remember that night because I told Rachel, I was like, hey, can we go on a drive? And she's like, sure. And so I'm in the car shaking, right? Like just shaking. And I start crying and I'm like, I'm gay. And she goes, I know. Actually, I think she was like, okay. Kind of like that, you know? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, I knew, I know, you know? And she was like, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, you know? And, and she was like, I love you. It's okay. You know, like the way that she responded just was so incredibly loving. And I could never thank you enough, Rachel, um, <laughs> for just being my person when I didn't have one. And so, um, anyway, we, we went back to the house and she ended up going inside and telling Noel, who was already laying down because he had to get up for work the next day. And he um, had me come in into their house and he just gave me a hug and he said, hey, we love you. Mm. And that was it. It was super simple. You know, and from that point on, they were my tribe. <laughs> and they got me through a lot. Um, because they were the only ones that knew. Um, and when I say that they got me through a lot, I mean they got me through my next really, really rough relationship. And like I said, I could do a whole episode on <laughs> toxic, crazy relationships <laughs> if you want. But um, uh, this next woman was, again, you know, 15 to 20 years older than me and was probably my only regret in life. And I only say that because... Um, it was a straight up affair and I regret it so much. And I know like a lot of people would shy away from that conversation, but that is such a mistake in my life that affected so many different people. And it was all because I was too scared to be myself. And I know that that sounds like, wow, what an excuse. Oh, I don't think so. But when you are closeted in a town of 4,000 people where everybody knows everybody and there's one stoplight, one stoplight, I'll say that again, <laughs> um, you're, I was literally just grappling for any semblance of who I was and trying to be happy, you know, and anyway, it led to a lot of turmoil in a lot of people's lives, it was not pretty. Um, luckily, I think everything worked out for the better in the end for all parties involved. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't say enough how sorry I am about this situation. Right? Okay. I don't want to take all the blame for things that happened because I think that that's unhealthy. Yeah. But um, it was incredibly toxic. And I, I think that a lot of uh, religious people could use that as an excuse to say it's because it was a homosexual relationship. I do. Like that I, it was toxic because of it? It was toxic because it's not natural and it just never was meant to work out, right? But yeah, I think there are a lot of heterosexual couples that are toxic. <laughs> sure, sure. I agree. But 
I just want to say it's because of the, we were on two totally different pages of life. Well, she was obviously a couple, de- couple decades older. Okay. Than you. <laughs> but you know, um, it was so toxic. In fact, that one night, um, the interaction left with my mom having to come and get me. It was so bad. Um, and that was like the last night we ever talked. And so, um, that's like something else entirely, but it was because of this relationship that there was one night that I did end up coming out to my mom. It was before that last night, but, um, I'm going to cry again. So the night that I came out to my mom. I showed her a clip of the Ellen DeGeneres show because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and my dad ended up hearing Ellen's voice. And again, guys, I love my dad. I love him so much and he is so different now. But he said, what that old sound needs to do is cut her own throat. <laughs> So my mom wanted ice cream, per the usual. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Now I have that bad habit. And so we went for ice cream, and I told her in the truck when we got home. And she said, I know. And she was super loving. You know, she did say, I'm not going to say that I agree with it or that I condone it, but I love you. But she knew. Um, and I never officially came out to my dad until you, but me and my dad never had a conversation about it. Um, I told my brothers and my younger brother was like, whatever, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, and my older brother was like, well, I kind of thought, you know, and you know, my sister-in-law said I would lie. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't disappointed. You know? Um, but that was kind of my coming out story to my family. Um, it just wasn't something that we talked about. Like, my mom was always there for me after, and she's always been super supportive and has taken everything on in stride. Um, You know, but until you, you know, when I started um, dating Tiffany, guys, I knew on day one (laughs) that I was going to marry her. Me too. And literally within the first week of dating, I sat down on the front porch with my dad and I was like, dad, um, I just want you to know I started seeing somebody and it's super serious. And obviously it's a girl and he just shook his head. I think, I believe that people choose to be that way. I said, Dad, I know what you think, but I just wanted to be honest with you. He said, well, I don't want to hear about that. I said, I understand. And that's how, that was it. I sat out there crying. You know, um, now, like I said, Tiffany and my dad's relationship now is night and day different. My relationship with my dad is night and day different. Um, and my whole family has come a long, long way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty incredible now. Yeah. Like I, I said, 
a, a couple episodes ago that the the beginning was a little shaky. Sure, um, but I I just sugar and honeyed my way on in. <laughs> but I think the the important takeaways from my story are to any of our younger listeners out there who are maybe trying to find themselves or trying to find courage or whatever. Um, be yourself. And know that God loves you. And that you are loved. And I think too that your tribe, your people, whoever they're compromised of, mm-hmm. they will love you through it. They will love you because of it. And they will grow and adapt and modify what they thought their reality of you was to, to include what actual reality is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that takes people longer than you might like. But the people that are important to you, the people that stay. And parents or a family member or whoever you might be to that person that is coming out. If they are religious, they already know how you feel about the situation. They don't need you to tell them. What they need is you to love them. And to figure yourself out. Because I will tell you, it is already hard enough to overcome what the church instills in you about homosexuality. But to have your family saying those things on top of that. It's the reason why the LGBTQ has such a high suicide rate. The first time that I was diagnosed with cancer, I had prayed that it spread. (laughs) For real. Because I just didn't want to deal anymore. And I was so scared of going to hell. If I had found somebody that I loved. That I was wanting to die before that. So that I would for sure get in. Because you know you're going to go to hell for who you love. And so. Don't be that person. No, I have an amazing relationship with Christ. I've been able to bring my oldest daughter to Christ. I baptized her this past year. (laughs) And I've been blessed immeasurably more by a God that I know loves me and loves my wife and loves my kids. My life is beautiful. And I'm so thankful that my cancer didn't spread. I'm so thankful that... um, 
I didn't, you know, give up. Uh, and like I said, there was a lot of religious trauma that came from other places other than just my father or my family. Um, I can't tell you how many times I was told I couldn't serve in the church anymore <laughs> due to my struggles. You actually have to pray the gay way before you can do that. <laughs> um, you know, I even had one time I was... Uh, my best friend was getting baptized. I was super excited about it. And Rachel was going to church with me. And she was playing with my hair. And that following Rachel, Sunday... Rachel, cousin. Yeah, my yeah. cousin. That following Sunday, I was pulled into my youth minister's office who told me to live above reproach because he had gotten an email from some members saying that the homosexual activity was distracting them. <laughs> so, um, but I digress. <laughs> like I said, I could do a whole episode on religious trauma. Um, but, you know, I have gotten some interest on how I reconciled my relationship with God. And I'm happy to do an episode on that as well. But that's a whole, a lo another long story. Um, <laughs> So, that, I mean, that's it, I think. I think I... Oh, was that all? Yeah. That was light? Yeah, super light. <laughs> super light. Um, Wowza. Like I said, you know, my relationships with my family are so good now um, and restored, and there's something redemptive in that. But, um, yeah, it was definitely... Guys, I, I really think that I was crying for help for a very long time. And when I say that I used to have conversations with my grandma, I mean, I used to go in and say, why is it wrong? And she would say, I don't know. Hmm. And we would cry together because my grandma knew. Yeah. Like, she knew that it was me. You know? And so just be that person that says, I love you. And it's okay. And if you have some searching to do for yourself, some soul searching, then you do that. But this other person who's literally been hiding who they are because they were so scared. And guys, the things that I heard, I battle today. I'm still scared that God doesn't hear my prayers. I'm still scared that I'm going to go to hell. Because those are things that I heard consistently growing up in the South and in the church. Now, I know in my heart of hearts that that's not true and that God hears me and that he loves me. Because I can tell you right now, if one of our kids came up to us and said, Mama, I'm gay, I don't care because they are good people. And they're kind and they're sweet and they're good and that's all that matters to me and if God is supposed to love us like we love our kids then I know he loves me <laughs> um, so love your people love them hard even when you're not sure how you feel about it <laughs> <laughs> uh. mm -hmm. <coughs> oh, wow sweet well, that brings us to our, our last segment where we talk about what we asked our moms <laughs> this week. <laughs> our moms that we have a superb relationship with. <laughs> um, 
you know? Whew. <laughs> I just, that's a, that's a tough transition oh, this I week. I don't know how to transition off of that one. That's okay. That's okay. Mm-hmm. We're going to roll with it. Let's all take a deep breath. <laughs> just. <sighs> I'm proud of you for sharing, baby. Thank you. It was hard. Yeah. I struggled last week after after my story. And um, for for probably a couple of days, I was I was off and I was nervous after it posted. I wasn't sure how people would um, would react, you know, to my story, and I wasn't sure. And then, you know, there were no comments rolling in, <laughs> and my wife goes, "Babe, what do you what do you what want, do you want him to say?" <laughs> you know, and I was like, you know what? kind of nothing so that's fine (laughs) we we did have some comments rolling this week about what kids um asked their moms Mm -hmm. um and my favorite one was was from a friend of mine and she was talking about how her her 12 year old asked her while eating lunch what they were doing about lunch (laughs) and she was like bro you're looking at it she was like eat and fill your belly and that's it like i don't know what you want from me and and she commented she goes 12 year olds are always hungry and it made me think we haven't even hit the tip of the iceberg yet with our kids (laughs) they they eat a lot Mm -hmm. but but um maddox only eats at certain times because 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 our five-year-old has type 1 diabetes which Mm -hmm. is a a show i'm sure we'll go into on a, on another episode but um she's really good about only eating at certain times and being dosed and mm-hmm. eating certain things and um because she hasn't known any different but and and phoenix has kind of hit that schedule too but uh i'm sure that if if they hadn't that they'd be eating constantly mm-hmm. <laughs> here's my favorite what was your favorite i am terrible at math i know it sounds weird but our eight-year-old comes into this living room and she's like, okay, give me a regrouping problem so that I can do my standard algorithm. To which we replied, I don't understand the question. I'm like, I'll give you whatever you need, but... What does that mean? What do you... What do you... What do you Guys, need? I tapped straight out of that conversation. She did. She was like, babe. And I was like, bye. <laughs> oh, and so we did a few and, and she practiced and she's great. She's fabulous at math, but... But, man, she asks us the strangest things. Mm-hmm. And all the time in the car, she's like, give me a multiplication problem. Yeah, all the time. Give me a... Mo-. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> I don't want to. But it's <laughs> fine. Mm. She. And sometimes... So we were we were at a family gathering today, and she um, was there, you know, obviously, because she's part of the family. Our kid. <laughs> <laughs> um but but she listens to everything. Mm. She If you've watched Encanto, she is Dolores. She is Dolores. She's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um but she, at bedtime tonight she was she was telling me the story. She's like, "Hey, remember when you were talking about how um you know, people uh and and how you didn't want it to kiss to kiss me, and I was like, I don't remember that. And she was like, they were talking about people kissing their kids on the lips, 
and you were like, oh yeah, but you know, when your kids come in and they, they kiss you with an open mouth. And I was like, well, I was really talking about toddlers, babe. She was and like, Tom Brady. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and she was like, oh, so not just like kissing me goodnight. I'm like, no, honey, I'll kiss you goodnight. Speaking of I this see. family gathering. Yeah. Guys, let me tell you what side of the family my family's on. Hold on just a minute. I got to look this up. So we're doing this big family get together, right? Because we were honoring my grandma. And um, so my cousin sends out this mass text to everybody. We're planning it. Uh, everything's going great. But we're trying to plan who's bringing what. Um, and so in the text message. Oh, man. Now I gotta She's find looking it. for it. Now I got to find it. Um, it's basically like, okay, the Browns, right? That's one big side. Um, you are in charge of bringing, um, let's see, all the food. Like, literally all lasagna the food. and spaghetti. Oh, here it is. Oh, okay, okay, here it is. I found it. So, head count is 18 at this time. It was a lot more than that. Clements, that's my side. Salad, dressings, and drinks. Okay, here's the brown side. Lasagna, spaghetti, green beans, bread, pies, candies, paper products. The only reason we didn't get paper products is because, number one, they knew we'd be late. They knew it. But we are that side of the family that are like, y'all can bring the tablecloth. <laughs> no, they would have to be there early. They'd be like, you can bring the baggies yeah. for, for leftovers. <laughs> You can bring your appetite. <laughs> <laughs> little little glimpse into that for you. What'd you ask your mom this week? Uh, this week I asked my mom for some HR advice. I recently took a promotion at my job, and I'm in charge of people, um, <laughs> and, and everything else. But um, it was like my first team meeting that I was leading, and I had uh, my I sent out the schedule for the first time, like at me being responsible for it. And, um, I had a little bit of pushback and I, I asked my mom for some HR advice advice before I sent out my first re response really. Mm -hmm. So, but it was good. Um, she's, she's very good <laughs> at, at giving me yeah. advice when it comes to all things business and really, I think all things, but only business. <laughs> I asked my mom. Yeah. How long it took her to get pregnant the first time? Hmm. 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 Yeah. It's a topic for another time. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna keep this section short and sweet too, because. Yeah. Because mostly our kids didn't ask us much this week. Well. Uh. Oh, we also, we also, I was trying to explain um, time to Maddox, which is just really hard these days. Oh, you weren't even here for this. Let me tell you a story, babe. I love when I get to hear it with all of our listeners. Yes, yeah. perfect. Okay. Maddox lost her mind the other day. You were at work um, in the morning. We were headed to, must have been school, and... She asked me how long it was until her birthday. Mm -hmm. And I have been giving her time, to, like durations of time in weeks. 
because that's kind of what she's understanding a little bit Mm -hmm. more. Um, And I said, like 16 weeks. And she lost it. She said, well, mama told me four weeks. And I said, that's not true. I believe that. I believe you. I believe you, babe. Not our five (laughs) girls. And and I said, well, maybe mama said four months. That's accurate. Yeah. Because, because it is four months away. Nope. She said four weeks. I said, baby, it's not. It's, She's it's, a liar. It's six to... Well, she, <laughs> hang on. I will, I, will, I will say that later on in the car after she calmed down. Uh-huh. She was like, maybe mama did say four months. <laughs> <laughs> so she backtracked on it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. She's pretty ready she, for her birthday. She is ready for her birthday. And also we told our kids we would do a Yes Day. And that's been a very popular topic. Mm -hmm. If you haven't seen the movie Yes Day, um, it's a cute movie. It is cute. But maybe don't watch it with your kids. Because then you'll have to do a Yes Day as well. Because good luck. Because good luck. (laughs) So we gave them a budget. And of course my mother is helping them plan. (laughs) Which means there's a countdown. There's a poster board. There's a budget. (laughs) And they know what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's all planned out probably to the time. Mm-hmm. There's there the listen, the poster board has some things that are like hidden and some things that are exposed. only the food mm-hmm. is exposed, which is fine by me. I like to plan with my stomach. Mm-hmm. But um but they're like numbered in order of which we are doing them. Yep. They're hidden. I just I am terrified <laughs> of what's about to happen. And I feel like I'm probably gonna have to limber up for yesterday. So. <laughs> yeah. Y'all send all the prayers and good vibes. That'd be great. The juju and stuff. Anyway, friends, thank you so much for listening this week. And don't forget to share with us what your your kids asked you or what you asked your mom this week. And just funny things that come up. Um, Let us know some other topics that you want us to cover. Uh, We kind of already have a plan for our our next episode, but um, we are always open to suggestions. Um, We're up to like almost 150 listeners now. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. So... Um, please interact with us. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you like, you don't like. And we um, got a Facebook page. So we do have a Facebook page. So go find, page. go ask your mom podcast on Facebook. Um, that's where we're going to start posting most of our videos, little snippets of our episodes so that you can kind of get a heads up of what's coming. Um, and share us, tell people about yeah, it. If you think friends. that there's, you know, a mom out there who needs a podcast to listen to while she's running errands or and stinking car iron line or whatever. Yeah, share. We, you know, we want to reach um, whoever needs to be reached by what we have to share. So yeah, um, we're super thankful for you guys, um, and we will 